You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get all the latest football headlines and bite-sized opinion in the brand new Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Join Mark Smith, Martin Gritton and a conveyor belt of guests as they dissect all the biggest stories in one small, perfectly formed package. Take five to ten minutes out of your day to stay up to date with everything that matters in football. Whether it's a big result from the night before, a new excuse from Jurgen Klopp, a shocker of a VAR decision or a new chapter in the ongoing Man United soap opera, we will cover it. All the latest news every weekday lunchtime on the Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Look for The Whistleblowers wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans and we have played three games of football in seven games. Uh, Here to discuss those three games of football are, as always, Jim Grant. Good evening. Hello, Jim. Everything all right? Yes, very good. Thank you. Also with us this week, a wonderful guest of the podcast. He is a legendary radio producer and creator of podcasts. It's Mark Sandell. Good evening. Hello, Mark. And uh, a very good friend of the podcast with us this week, it's Luca Baradi. Hello, Luca. Good evening. Luca is a fan of uh, Inter Milan. Is that right? West Ham as well, I mean. And West Ham United, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, before we talk about those games, uh, let me just read you something I found uh, today. This weekend saw referee Andrew Madley bag a late winner at Stamford Bridge as European Super League side Chelsea overcame West Ham United, whose one-dimensional game plan of trying to win by playing football proved woefully inadequate against the West London money launderers, who for a long time were underwritten by the proceeds of crime. As is the case in the modern game, referee Madley was provided state-of-the-art support, his every decision monitored and subject to the approval of Chelsea's players, whose fans pushed a black man off the Paris Metro singing, we're racist, we're racist, and that's the way we like it. In a game where the coin toss was protested by Chelsea players and therefore given over to VAR and reversed, standout performers for Chelsea who once tried to frame a referee and destroy his life by lying about him, were Eduard Mendy, who who jealously safeguards his reputation as a top-flight goalkeeper by claiming that every goal he concedes is due to illness or injury, even those conceded during the warm-up. 
His history of trips, falls, and accidents in the workplace has caused MoneySupermarket.com to describe him as Simply's Uninsurables. And he has earned himself the name Eduard Pretendi. Reese James, known to his friends as Cheats James, and sometimes Reese Fanes, though that works better written down, gave due consideration and then overturned Andrew Madley's original decision when, after a coming together with Mikhail Antonio, he kicked out at the Jamaican International in a manner which would have had David Beckham sent off in France 1998. Judging this to be Antonio's fault, because he did it and Antonio didn't, James raised his hands and shoved Antonio, another possible red card offence. Under advisement from James to review his conduct, Madley showed a yellow card to, that's right, Mikhail Antonio. Thiago Silva, also known as Get Up, You Fucking Cheat, has extended his career at Chelsea, a club once captained by a man cleared of racism by VAR, even though everybody saw it, and who thought that by simply cosplaying a trophy-winning footballer, he'd be one, has extended his career into his late 30s by transitioning from doing stuff to pretending to have stuff done to him and asking for the people who didn't do it to be sent off. He is a piece of shit. Shergar was kidnapped and killed by John Hollins and Ian Hutchison, the latter of whom cooked and ate most of the Epsom Derby winner. Towards the end of the game, Kai Havertz was pushed by Tilo Kira, and after checking the clock to see how much time was left and waving to some friends in the crowd, Havertz suddenly threw himself to the ground in a manner that brought back terrible memories for Christian Eriksson. Referee Andrew Madley mistook this as a directive from Stockley Park and booked Tilo Kira. Solomon Kalu wrote a full-length script for a sequel to Love Actually, Final score, Chelsea 2, West Ham 1. Is that the, was that the Daily Telegraph? It's uh, Henry Winter in the Times. Oh, amazing. <laughs> amazing. I mean, I didn't very, very good. Was it, I, didn't, I only get the online edition. So maybe right, it's just right, the yeah, print yeah. I subscribe to it. Uh, I subscribe to it. So, yeah, that's the full edition. Well, I mean, it's not often I agree with Henry Winter, but I, a lot of <laughs> large sections of that I agreed with. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a grain of truth. Yeah, grain of truth. Absolutely, a grain of truth. Um, so so let's start with that game, and then we could go back to Aston Villa and work our way forwards via Tottenham Hotspur. So, yes, I mean, there was a lot of uh, uh, fury about uh, our disallowed late goal. Uh, everyone was talking about it. Match of the day talked about it. Pundits talked about it. But, uh, you know, nothing's going to change, is it? No. I feel slightly guilty about slagging Shearer off last time on the podcast now. Because he did at least, you know, properly say say it how it should be said, didn't he, about that incident? Um, uh, you know, and, and the point he made, which is a point very similar to the one that you made, Phil, is anybody who's actually had any experience of the game football would realise that <laughs> Bowen has got to try and jump over an enormous keeper who's yeah. flying at him. And, uh, you know, uh, there might be some contacts between them, but that doesn't make it a foul. It's no. ridiculous. Argument, I'm still fuming about it. I'm still... The, the argument that ex-pro should be on the VAR, you know, that the idea is that they should be part of the VAR decision, is um, is rather destroyed if you listen to Graham Souness this morning. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What an idiot. Well, he's on, just... Who's, who's played the game, and he's no stranger to a set of studs himself, and he likes to, you know, he... he you know, and he's a big West Ham fan. We know that. He's always been a keen supporter yeah. of what, what West Ham are trying to do. And I think we're probably his second favourite team. 
Hmm. But I think he's put that to one side on this occasion and said that the studs were showing. He can see why it was oh. given. You know, so what I I'm mean, saying is, that, and there, there will be other pros out there, ex-pros who, who would who would say the same. Uh, yeah. Talk sport pay their pundits to, to say controversial things, don't they? I don't, I don't think he really believes that at all, to be honest. No, he's a bit clickbaity, isn't he? But um, but you know, I mean, the issue is that the that 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 it's 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 now not doing its job anymore in spades after this sort of period last season where they said it might get a bit better and they were going to sort of allow a bit more flexibility and leeway. It's now not pulling out. Um, obvious errors it's it's saying we disagree with the referee about this thing that the referee's opinion is as valid as their opinion but they go no we're about you know we're just going to overturn that decision it's sort of placing itself as somebody either uh Shearer or Mika Richards or whoever was commentating sort of said it's placing itself at the center of the narrative and I think that's right Rather than assisting, it's putting itself at the centre of the kind of narrative. I, I, I think that's. I think that's absolutely right. We've, we've now had two goals chalked off for coming together of players, and we talked about the the Antonio one at Forest uh, yeah. last time. But it really does seem to me a, a flawed use of video technology. Um, the, the, it was supposed to correct glaring errors. And it was supposed to help referees when they haven't seen an incident or something has gone on that is clearly foul play or whatever, um, you know, outside the view of the referee. When a referee has seen an incident, has waved play and allowed it to go on, and it's debatable, uh, then that's not the job of VAR to, to intervene. That is going to destroy the game, I think, if that carries on. They've come out and apologised now, haven't they, and said lessons will be learned. But... You know the points have gone. That that I think if Ben Rama's goal had stood as it should have done at Forest, I think we'd have gone on and, and won that game. I mean it's an if, but I think we probably would. And uh, I think um, we should have got a point yesterday. I mean, they weren't going to get an, another goal after that. I don't think that was pretty much the last action of the game. So you know it's Luca. Is it as bad as this? It's as shit as this in Italy, or have they got it right? Well, you know, we've had we've had in the past, you know, we call it bar charts. You know, when 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 you discuss infinitely about situations like um, the, the Chelsea penalty, um, the reality is that football is a dynamic game, right? Um, and as Phil said, he was just trying to jump over a massive keeper, and there was a little contact, but it was not influenced. It, it was not probably. He didn't even touch it relevantly uh, enough to even move his arm. So it was like very venial and it shouldn't have been called. It shouldn't have been VAR. Um, but then put yourself in, in a position of, of the referee, right? So you, you made your decision and then you called into the VAR corner. So basically they are telling you, you are wrong. So... It is a difficult. It needs the referee should have had like the balls to say, oh, "No, I was, yeah. I, was oh, right. I was right. I'm not going to change my decision." Yeah. But he shouldn't have been in that position at the start. 
Luca, I think that's absolutely bang on. And I think the other issue is that you've got that hierarchy of referees. And if and my understanding is, what is it, Madley's seventh game or something? It was, you know, and, and whoever it was down at the other end in Hillingdon, um, you know, he is going, probably going to defer to that referee. And particularly if you're talking about match reports and all that kind of thing. Annoyingly, that in the, the the nightmare that was that Saturday with uh, the, the Newcastle decision as well, we saw a really good example of Michael Oliver Going to the yes. to going to for the first time as far as I can recall, and saying, "No, do you know what? I'm going to stick to my decision." Even that was quite a marginal. But he said, "I'm going to stick to it." And uh, you know, there was a kind of sense on another day that would have been so good to have seen that. Yeah, but Mark, you're right. I mean, he Oliver isn't he our FIFA referee or our UEFA referee? I mean, he's you know uh, he he feels secure in his position, don't they? And, you know, it, there's a real clearly a major problem with this. BGM or whatever, whatever they are, that, that, that they, they need to sort it out because they're just not serving the game properly at the moment, you know. And, and other sports get it right. I mean, it, you know, there there are. Um, you can argue that, say, in cricket, it's a game with more natural breaks. It is a less dynamic game, Luca. Um, obviously, but at least they, you know, in close LBW calls in cricket, they have a thing called it's the umpire's call. Um, and if it's you know, if it's sort of therefore it's in a bit of a grey area, we can't necessarily trust the technology is right. Uh, well, you just go with what the on-field umpire has said. You, you don't overrule it's the, a soft the signal, on-field it? umpire it's a unless soft it's signal, absolutely yeah. clear cut that he's made a mistake. I think and, it's, I think uh, it's um, um, you know I've said this so many times on the podcast. Slightly sick of saying it, really. It's 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 sort of it's the complete tail wagging the dog it's a weird sort of populist idea that has gone we hear you we hear you going the referees are wanker we know you hate referees we're really desperately trying to fix this problem with referees being shit we're going to take the responsibility away from them and give it to some other people and you're going that's not what we're asking for at all those songs have been sung since you know since football was invented it doesn't actually it's not personal as I was talking about, you know, heard, plus, um, and, 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 and giving the referee more power, not less power, is the answer to it. If you know that way, Matt lies madness. If you start, you know, we're going to take it away from the referee and give it to a uh, technology, but B, some other referees who can just disagree with them. I mean, it's just that way lies mad. I mean, I have to say, I, I think we because we do talk a lot about VAR, it would be good to get to the football in a few moments. But, I, you know, someone on Facebook was, you know, just commenting on the Stop Hammer Time Facebook page and was saying it's really starting to become very depressing, you know. And I feel like this this season already, just a few games in and a little bit last season, the kind of shithousery from teams now, the time-wasting, the rolling around, the lying about being fouled, that compounded with the way VAR recovered a tiny bit and the Euros showed it being used well. But as if anything, it's just got worse this season. It's got worse. The the problems have been highlighted. They said we're going to address them. And I think it's now actually worse. We've gone back to a badge thickness, deciding offside decisions where we said we weren't going to do that. We said we weren't going to do that. We said that we're going to give the, you know, the attacking team more leeway. No, 
we haven't we're just back to going oh the thickness of his shoelace is over the you know is over the kind of offside line we've just gone back to it and it's really making it dispiriting the whole game has become very dispiriting now i'll take the shoelace point of view but there is something to be said that even if it is a shoelace it's still offside and that at least that is a matter of fact as you say that something like this is is a matter of interpretation and let's be fair looking at the tottenham game it, without VAR, it's a penalty to Tottenham, isn't it? That you know, the one that's come off yeah, Cresswell's you know point. face. So, and I don't, I don't, to a certain extent, as much as it winds me up, I just think, well, at least that is a factual observation. That you've okay, you've drawn these lines. I get it, but the other, when it's that a matter of that kind of interpretation, when it's so clearly ninety nine point nine percent of people watching this are convinced it's one thing, that's when it gets absolutely stupid. And that inevitability, it's the same way that a goal scored now, the joy of it, you you you, you almost don't want to jump up because you think, well, in, a, in four minutes' time, they're going to tell me I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, well, like Saturday. Yeah. Like Saturday. Don't, don't you mean... think that it has affected the way the rest of the game is, is judged? Um, like players falling down at the minimal touch, uh, Wasting yeah. time at every single kick or you know um, push, it, it's it's almost like if it feels because the VAR is just keeping an eye on such a small little detail, like the touch on 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 the goalkeeper, then you feel that the rest of the game needs to follow the same kind of line. Yeah, I think the football the football the players sense weakness. They sense that they can just tell the referee and tell Stockley Park what to do now. You know, that what we saw a lot, especially in Europe last year, was a player just going down and just sitting there until the referee stops the game. And once or twice we saw a referee go, no, mate, get up, get up. And yeah. the guy's yeah. still trying to sit there, hoping that he will win this battle of wills. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, when uh, maybe went to look at the screen, he had three Chelsea players standing over his shoulder yeah, watching yeah. it with him. Yes. Surely that's not allowed. Surely he should have done something about that. I mean, I think the um, you know the, the controversy over the goal uh, overshadowed what was throughout a, 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 an astonishingly incompetent refereeing performance. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no way Loftus Cheek should have still been on that pitch. He was booked early on and then uh, flat-armed um, Antonio, clearly looking twice around to see where he is. It's not an elbow as such, but mm. it is, the, it is that, yeah. that flat-arm that normally gets a yellow card. Yeah, and as, as Henry Winter pointed out, Thiago was at it all game. Uh, you know, Reese James, uh, all of yeah. those guys, all of those are, 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 you know, actual things that happen in the match. Uh, anyway, uh, it you know it almost makes it difficult to talk about the game really because it feels like we didn't get the result it does. We needed. But um, and, okay, I just want to say one one other final thing about that is I know that people say that PGMO have effectively apologised, um, and you know they're not going to give us the point back. But it's not just about the point in a situation like that, is it? It's Corne's debut goal for us. You know, yes. that, that's going to make a yeah. difference to him. You know, we get we get a plucky point, which I think we probably deserved against yes, Chelsea. I think so. It's more than just the point, isn't it? Yeah. It's more than it's yeah. it's three games unbeaten as well. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, come on. So you know, there's loads of other factors. It's not just the point. It, the point probably won't matter at the end of the season. But no, no. You know, well, hopefully it won't. But it's just everything else that goes with that. We're on a roll. You know, yeah. we've, we've done well. We've drawn with Tottenham. We've drawn with Chelsea. Yeah. We've beaten Villa. We're on a absolutely, roll. Absolutely. And that's the, yeah. that's the other factors that don't get... Sorry, Luca. 
especially after the low game that we had with Brighton. Uh, yeah. If you consider like Villa, then Spurs, and then Chelsea, yeah, we were really on an up trajectory there um, and that would have been like a fantastic point almost like uh, as, as, as if if you were th- three a three-point game so i would say like it was a really important decision for our own season yeah, considering absolutely. that we've already played the first the four of the first six team in the table so yeah 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 i know um, that the, the table doesn't look very good but it's actually not that bad we were sort of okay in the first half. We, you know, there's been, you know, we'll talk about the other two games. Uh, Jim, you and I have seen all three of those games. Um, uh, certainly, two of them were games of two halves, and I think we've sort of seen quite a bit of that with David Moyes over the years. Games where where things change after half time. Um, we, you know, we will deal with each game individually, but but similarly to the Villa game, we had trouble getting up the pitch. Uh, early on, we uh, Chelsea in the first half, Paqueta couldn't get in the game. Uh, you know, he he was sort of bought in. It, it's by the sound of it, by the sound of what Moyes was saying, to sort of be a kind of number ten, uh, provide uh, some sort of link up play between our central pairing and then the guys in front of him. He was finding that very difficult. Uh, second half, much better. Second half, his you know contribution was much better. He you know was very involved in the second half. Apparently, his stats I haven't seen them were very good. Uh, he looked good. Um, do you think that was a tactical change? Do you think anything changed, or do you think they just bucked their ideas up a bit? I, I felt we were. There's a bit of a sort of a, a sort of worrying habit of not starting games particularly well, and, and first halves not being as good, and having to kind of you know improve in the second half. Um, both as it's collectively, but also, you know, certain individuals. I think for a long while now, I, I, I've noticed that Rice tends to play better in the second half mm-hmm. than the first half, perhaps because other teams tire a little bit and he's got fantastic stamina or, or whatever. I, I, I don't know, but he quite often seems to sort of kind of feel he's got to haul us up by by, by our bootstraps on his own and, and suddenly get stuck in. Um, I thought we were good defensively in the first half, Um uh, and I was a little bit baffled by some of the changes that that um, that Moyes made, but we did play better. I mean, I, I you know, and and uh, yeah, definitely Becketa came into the game, um, you know, a lot more in that second half. He's going to take a little while to adjust, but I think he's going to be good. I really do. Yeah, yeah, and it sounds like. Um... You know, Moyes sort of very publicly described how he would like to utilise him. And yeah. uh, I think that's, you know, it suggests he's going to, you know, play formations that, that place him at the heart, place him in that kind of number 10 role. Because sometimes we've had this slightly amorphous three players behind Antonio that are all essentially attacking midfielders. We can't necessarily see what they're doing. Sometimes they hug the touch lines, but on the whole, they seem to have a fairly free role to all just run around and, and do what they like. And uh, that does, I think, because of the personnel we have, sometimes make it difficult for us to score goals. Yeah. Their substitutions made them better, didn't they, Chelsea? And, I, and I'm not sure ours really, really did make too much of an impact. Yeah, I was only just going to say I absolutely agree with Jim that the that we we do seem to start off quietly, cautiously. Uh, there doesn't seem to be you know we, we don't seem to be at teams at all this season. Right in the, in that first sort of ten or fifteen minutes, and I know there's this school of thought 
and it's been on you know on your facebook page and that kind of thing is just we're you know moise is too cautious uh you know he um uh you know he's naturally defensive he doesn't mm. want to you know his record against that they kept quoting it didn't they that last week you know his record away from home against some of those big teams man united chelsea 67 games and he hasn't won any of them as a, as a manager the, the counter argument is we're way better organized than we've been yeah. for a long time yeah, but there are times when it is a feel. It does feel it's it's um, it does feel a bit frustrating, and I know that we can't be crash bang wallop. I do get that that we can't suddenly treat everything like a cup tie against all the odds, and there's only five minutes to go. Mm-hmm. But uh, it it does feel like it, it's it's like a phony war in the first half, and then the second, then we said like Tottenham, we 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 really got going in the second half, and, yeah. and it was a much better game against Chelsea. We came out and really went for it. I, you know, I don't know what the answer is to that, and maybe it is just clever management. I um I feel this season, you know, certainly in the first few games of this season, lots of our players just didn't seem to get out the blocks for the first few games. Uh, Rice in the first half against Villa, and we will deal with Villa sort of on its own, but uh, was one of the worst performances I've seen from Rice ever. And then he was really good in the second half of that game. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we won that game. Um, but... Uh, I I was quite keen for Cornet or sort of a possible replacement for Bowen in the second half of that game. I, you know, he does, the the European goal was really good. He always might do something. He's got that sort of ability to do something. But now we have quite a lot of attacking midfielders. I wouldn't mind him seeing, getting 60 minutes and then coming off. I, I, I don't know, you know, I think I think Moyes has sort of slightly partly got his England aspirations in mind now that he's in the England setup. Moyes doesn't want to sort of uh, kind of sabotage that by giving this sort of quite public demonstration of kind of taking him off after sixty minutes or something. But I feel that there's there's a contender for kind of fresh legs because Cornet was really good when he came on. I like Cornet. I think he's got a bit of um, energy and pace and, yeah. and directness about him. Um, he's, he's, he's missed a couple of sitters, um, but, uh, you have to get into the goal scoring positions, you know, and he's, he's found space in the box, both the one he missed at in, in Denmark and the, and the header against the post. Um, you know, you've got to be in those positions and, and, and it was, you know, it was good interplay with him and Ben Rama that led to the, to the, the hit in the post chance. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I, 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 I hope he's not going to turn into this season's passage in the, you know, he's just going to get a little sniff of a of a chance here, there, here and there. I, I think he deserves to be properly rotated in in, in one way or another. Um, now we've got those that's some strength in depth in those attacking areas. Uh, you know, I'm, I hope we're going to use them and deploy them. You know, in a bit in a bit more even sort of kind of way. Um, but we'll, we'll wait and see. My biggest concern on on Saturday was Fabianski. I, I'm really now really wanting Ariola to be our starting keeper. I thought Fabianski was was at fault for the for the for the um, the first goal, although none of us the, you know, the defense did not cover itself in glory for either of the two goals. They were both soft. Um, uh, but I, I just I just worry there were another couple of occasions where the ball went through to him and he wasn't coming off his line. You know, nearly bobbled out once or twice. You know, it just. I'm starting to sense that he's not inspiring confidence, um, and uh, I just he also just gets criticised feel... for holding on to the ball, doesn't he, and not not yeah. starting the 
let's keep going. Yeah, time yeah. and time again, people make good runs and he doesn't distribute it quickly, doesn't take that risk. Yeah, I, I, I think the time is, is right, really, for Ariola obviously start on Thursday, won't he? But I, I'd like to see him starting in the, in, the, in the league, to be honest. I was very surprised when, you know, there, there was quite a lot of um, will he or won't he sign for us, will he or won't he come, seemed to be quite a lot of negotiating. Uh, it felt like we were, we were, you know, making sure we made the right decision for this guy who is going to be our new starting goalkeeper. And when he wasn't in that Manchester City game, yeah. I was really surprised. I was yeah. really surprised. I thought yeah. it was just going to be him now, you know. Um, the knives are out on social media for carer, aren't they? I, I, there's a lot of really? moaning about him, and I, I, I like him actually. I know he's so made some mistakes, and he has to stop making those rather high-profile mistakes. Um, but generally, in his play, his play, I, I really, I really like him. I, I think like he's really I like good. The fact yeah, he's into the tackle, he 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 he, um, he gets tight to people. Um, it's his distributions. Very, very good. You know, he wants to pass forward. Yeah, I think he's got. I, I, I think he looks classy. But, but, um, yeah, there are quite a few people chuntering about him on various forums that I've read this week. Yeah, he's probably the kind of player that the defense, the defensively, would like to play with a higher line. Uh, also, because he's not yes. that slow. Yeah. It's quite. It's fairly quick. Um, and I think he does struggle also because physically he's not a giant. Um, so he does quite struggle with um, low positions um, defensively. Uh, and I think he's struggling a bit to cover Sufal, which is not really um, inspiring confidence either. But we know why. That position is probably one of the most difficult positions where a player can play and start a season where you know they have to be fully fit and, and they have to run yeah. up and down the pitch every second. And you can see that uh, most of the goals were 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 not Sufal's fault, but it was a bit late. On no, we lost we lost the ball on a transition, and they counterattacked, and he was a bit late on recovering on yeah. his diagonal. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think he's been all right so far this season, Sufal. But Me too. I agree. Uh, I, 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 he seems not to be able to stop a lot of crosses coming in. He doesn't seem to get a block on many crosses. But uh, uh, we were collectively at fault for that second goal. Rice is standing there in no man's land. He had a, he, he needs to go out. He's, you know, uh, uh, Ogbonna, um, you know, allows Everts to get, to get in front. Yeah. You know, it was, it was just a, yeah, it was a sloppy goal. Um, both of them were really. Um, I think the problem, the problem is that it, it doesn't put enough crosses in rather than, not defending well. Um, and I think that's one of our main problems this season because we you have Skamaka, which is quite a, a tall player. You want to have good crosses in um, and we, we do struggle quite a lot with it. Also, his, his passes accuracy is not the highest and with the no. positional kind of game and the rotation of the ball, you want you want to have a higher accuracy. And I think that's what Paqueta does have um, compared to a lot of other players there, including Suchek and, and obviously Sufa. Yeah, yeah. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Um, maybe let's work our way uh, backwards. Uh, the first half against Villa was um, was a, just a dreadful performance, and the second half was good. And again, on social media, there was sort of talk about um, you know that three five two was a was too negative. It's a terrible mistake. A lot of this, you know, what you were talking about, Mark, this kind of um, uh, criticism of Moyes that he's very negative. But that three five two had been used positively only two days before on the Thursday. It was a way to actually get a lot of attacking players in the side. And I think he was doing the same again on on Aston Villa. And I think what a lot of people just don't legislate for is that that game came after three uh, defeats, no goals, no points, and it was cagey. It's like, you know, all 11 of our players were like someone who's got a final black and the last frame of a tournament and they're behind five points. But if they get this long black, they'll they'll win the whole thing. Do you know what I mean? That sheer tension that all of them were feeling, I think was immensely sort of hamstringing to all of the guys out on that pitch. And when we got in... Sorry, Sorry, I would disagree a word with that, Phil, except I would say that I think Villa were feeling the pressure as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It was shit. The first half of that game was sort of just dreadful on on all counts, really. Um, You know, we we saw... um, uh, We saw Emerson play much better in subsequent games. I think he just played as a sort of wing-back in that game. I just don't think he trusted himself to uh, go forward. You know, he felt he had to, you know, he's got to do the defensive part of that, you know, job because, you know, the, we had to try and get three points, but I think at the forefront of what we had to do was not lose that game against Villa. We had to not lose that game. So in the second half, we played with a bit more freedom. Suddenly Rice got his mojo, but I've never seen Rice play as badly in the first half. Uh, you know, running around, doing that... Um, that sort of come hither gesture with his hands going, someone move for me, someone move for me. It's like, I've never seen you do that before. Just put it in the path of someone and they'll run onto it. People are moving as much as they've ever moved. It's like you right. you just don't, you can't see it or you don't think they're moving well enough for you. But also I think perhaps some of them weren't moving very well. Yeah. But um, I mean, fair play to Moyes, you know, he changed, changed the formation, changed personnel at half time, and he did make a difference and, yeah. and, and changed, changed the game. Ben Rama really did make a difference when he came on at Villa, and I, for me, I, he's been one of our best players this season for me so far. Yeah, um, yes, he's sort of bulked out a little bit. Seems to be a little bit more confident. Really good assist for what should have been the corner goal, um, you know, that hit the post. Mm. Um, you know, taking men on a bit more, um, just making slightly better decisions. I think having that just a bit of swagger about him. This season, it feels to me, and um, you know he's got he's got the flair, he's got the ability, hasn't he? Just just yeah. just been lacking that that little bit of he's blown hot and cold. He's had some great games. Yeah, uh, Brighton and then, wasn't good. Then sort of disappeared. Yeah, I, I wasn't live. I didn't see that live. So no, um, yeah, people good. have said that that was that was his dip. But I mean, you know, certainly I thought it was the best player on the park at, at, at Forest. Um, yeah, and uh, definitely against that in that second half of Villa. 
you know, it's, it's just 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 picking up the ball and driving with it, running with it, committing players, getting getting opposition players turning, you know, um, finding out we, we we're playing too much. I mean, very obvious against against um, Chelsea and and also first half against Tottenham to an extent. Too many sideways passes, too but too not enough yeah. commitment, not enough you know risk taking on the ball, not about you know, and and that's what happens when, as you say, Mark, you, you you're in that run and. You're lacking a bit of confidence, and and you don't want to be the one that makes the kind of key mistake. And you know, hopefully, we'll 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 let's face it. We did draw against Chelsea. We've just been denied by officialdom, and I hope they see it that way and see that week as 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 a game where you know the the beaten Villa they 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 played well against Tottenham and deserve to win the game. They've played pretty well against Chelsea. It's certainly restricted. We had more shots than Chelsea in that game. Um, and in the end, the better chances in that second half and, and, and certainly should have got something out of it. And I hope that's that will have fed into the confidence. And we need a morale boosting, other morale boosting win in Europe. And, you know, onwards and upwards, you hope. Yeah, absolutely. And then there was the Spurs game. And uh, I thought, you know, yeah. it was one of those uh, occasions, you know, under the lights, it's Spurs, full stadium, you know, that we couldn't... Uh, we couldn't in all consciousness play badly in that game and we didn't play very well in it. Um, uh, you know, they were a handful. Um, and it was the perfect way to sort of uh, introduce Paqueta. Big, important game. I thought he I thought he did really well. He ran about. He couldn't hide in front of 60,000 fans. Uh, he really showed willing. Um, really good way to introduce him. On the front foot, traditional enemy, 60,000 people. Couldn't have been a better introduction for Paqueta. I agree. Although, of course, the, 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 the myths at the end, when him and Emerson got yeah. in each other's way. Yeah. And as, we're, as we're walking out, somebody said, well, they're both new signings. They probably don't yeah. know each other. And somebody said, no, they played at Leon together last season. Yeah, they're yeah. in the same blooming team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well... <laughs> It was a bit kickball at scramble, wasn't it? Because we had them, you know, we sort of had them on the ropes. We were sort of going for the win, oh, yeah. that thing. And I Second think half, it was yeah. like, you know, um, there was a sort of sense of urgency because of tick, tick, tick that slightly, you know, made rash decisions. And I think just leaving leaving it for each other was just like, oh, fellas, you know, one of them. But the roof would have come off. And what a yeah. debut that would have been for him. And yeah, I agree absolutely. with Jim, we deserve to win that game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Those second half chances. We created a lot of chances second half. Um, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Just you know, one of those. Of those. I've got to say, I mean, we often um, we often uh, say disparaging things at, at times about Antonio, though we love him. His flick for yeah. was brilliant. That was amazing. Yeah. If that had been Super. one of the the big names, if that meant Gabriel Jesus had done that, yeah. we would not have stopped seeing replays of it on Sky and wherever. It was gorgeous. It was fucking brilliant. Although, now as you know, Tottenham fans are complaining about the throwing, aren't they? They're yeah, complaining yeah. that it was a yeah. foul throw. Oh, but anyway, now, let, let's let them complain. Throw. When was the last time a foul throw was given? This is a Zoom meeting, and we have about 30 seconds of it left. <laughs> So let's do predictions for Thursday against Star Bucharest. Uh, right. Somebody told me, I don't know if it's true, but they've got a player who um was 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 scored for Astria Gugu against us. Right. Was Gugu. Gugu. Uh, so that's Probably got about ten uh, seconds, Jim. Uh okay, I think uh, two one West Ham. 
Two one. We'll, we'll Luca, they're three off. The, they're the three off bottom. Three off the bottom in there. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.